This is the In Focus podcast from the Hindu. Welcome to the Hindu's In Focus podcast. I'm Zubeda Hamid, your host for today. An India-wide study on the prevalence of diabetes and pre-diabetes, results of which were released recently, threw up some startling results. 10.13 crore people in our country of 140 crore could be diabetic and another 13.6 crore are estimated to be at the pre-diabetic stage. The study was conducted by the Madras Diabetes Research Foundation in collaboration with the Indian Council of Medical Research and the Union Health Ministry. Apart from diabetes, the study also revealed that 35.5% of Indians suffer from hypertension or high blood pressure, while nearly 40% of the population has abdominal obesity. Uttar Pradesh, the study found, had the lowest prevalence of diabetes at 4%, while Goa had the highest at 26.4%, closely followed by Puducherry and Kerala. What does the rural-urban divide in the diabetes numbers tell us? How can these high numbers in diabetes be tackled? How much of a role does our diet play, and what can individuals who are pre-diabetic do in order to reverse their condition? We explore these questions and more with Dr. V. Mohan, senior author of the study and chairman, Dr. Mohan's Diabetes Specialty Center in Chennai. Welcome to the Hindus In Focus podcast, Dr. V. Mohan. Thank you. Thank you for having me on the show, Zubeda. Doctor, your study has shown that 31 million Indians possibly became diabetic between 2019 and 2021. We now have potentially 101 million people of our 1.4 billion who have diabetes. Tell us a little bit more about your study. So, Zubeda, I want to make a small clarification in this. Although uh, the press has been writing saying that in two three years time, India increased its numbers from. 70 million to 101 uh, million, and therefore in two three years, 31 million got added on, which is actually like 50 percent. Now, small clarification regarding this. First of all, how are all these numbers derived? Now, they are not approximations; they are actually based on statistics. So, this study and both these numbers are derived from the same study. the icmr india diabetes study or the icmr indiab study for short now why did the uh, figures say 70 72 million in 2019 and how did that suddenly become uh, 101 million in uh, 2023 i think deserves a little bit of explanation now there are wide uh, interstate differences in the prevalence of diabetes hypertension dyslipidemia obesity and we'll discuss that uh, later in this program but the way the indiab study was funded by the indian council of medical research was that it was funded in stages actually the study took 15 years to be completed you can imagine to get a representative sample of the whole country india the subcontinent and 1.4 billion people now we are the largest uh, country in the world today we overtaken china already so with this background it's not easy to sample every state in india as the study has done moreover funding came in stages so first we did four states then we did five states then came the funding for uh, uh, the northeast states of india which means 15 states were there uh, sorry uh, after first 15 states seven states were from the northeast so that funding came together from a separate budget 
and then came the rest of the country which we completed now now it so happened that when we finished uh, in 2017 about 9 years after uh, uh, the study was started uh, we had completed half the half of india 15 states out of the 30 31 states so at that stage because of, it was taking so many years to publish and we didn't want the data to get uh, uh, outdated in fact the the first study came much earlier 2011 or 12 we published the first four states then we waited until 15 states got complete because remember in india each state is like a country it's like studying france or germany or when you are studying or uk when we are studying one state in india is not equivalent to a small state but equal to like a big country in europe and studying india is probably bigger than studying whole of europe so that's the scale and the magnitude you should keep in mind when you do the study so to cut a long story short in 2017 in the same journal lancet diabetes endocrinology the first 15 states which were published uh, which are completed were published now at that time seven of those states came from the northeast of india now in the northeast of india the prevalence rates of diabetes were low and continue to be much lower than in the mainland now we can discuss why that is so in subsequent questions maybe but the thing is that they are much more physically active remember these places there are a lot of hill hilly areas mountainous areas so people have to walk long distances and that to walk up and down in fact in many of the places that we visited in the northeast if a house is built one will be at one level and then the other will be like climbing a small hill to go on top to the next level uh, so we had difficulty even going and doing the study because it is uh, it is so geographically the terrain is so difficult so with all that and then they they don't eat as much rice as we eat there lot of them are big meat eaters and so on so for many reasons the those seven states had low prevalence of diabetes so when we completed those 15 states the overall prevalence in india seemed to be quite low and that is why that number of 70 million came now when they when the international diabetes federation fixed that number of 70 72 million we did say well hey hang on this is not representative of the whole of india we have not studied south india many states where it's going to be much higher so what they said was we can only go by the data that you publish and we are basing it on your data and therefore your data says this is the prevalence we have to extrapolate to the whole of the country based on that particular uh, uh, study only so that is how that numbers came now in the remaining 15 states when we did we had some of the very high prevalence uh, states for example kerala came there and then we had uh, goa and puducherry two uh, you know uh, smaller uh, states unitary kind of thing where very high prevalence rates of diabetes were there and some one or two in the north also which had very high prevalence of diabetes also came later punjab haryana uh, and so on so with all this when we added the whole thing and got the whole country together now we got this number of 101 million now this 101 million is absolutely correct because what we also did was remember that there's a 15 year time gap so that is something which the reviewers and all that continuously kept asking us you have done one state 15 years ago tamil nadu for example and now you are doing it in uh, 2022 you are doing kerala how can you compare tamil nadu with kerala very valid question but then there are statistical methods of doing it uh, where we can extrapolate to the demography of 2021 Uh, and that is how the whole study was then uh, you know even the older states we had done 
we had projected forwards uh, to how much it will be in 2021. And based on that, these are the most authentic figures. And now the whole country has been studied. There's, there's no bias of any type, including only a high uh, prevalence rate or prevalence uh, state or a low prevalence rate. Now the whole country has been studied. So this number of 101 million is absolutely correct. And that is how. So there's a small correction that we'd like to say. We can't say in three years it went up from uh, you know 70 million to 101 million. The published figures are showing like that. It doesn't mean that 31 million got added in two, three years' time. It's just that the when the whole uh, country was finished, it's 101 million. Now, from now on, if we do any study like this, five years or 10 years later, and let us say we find it's 140 million, then we can say it has really gone up from 101 million to 140 million. So I just wanted to make that clarification that while there has been an increase, and probably during those two years, we also had COVID also coming in. We don't know how much COVID added to that. These are all questions we cannot answer from an epidemiological study of this type. Uh, but certainly there is an increase and these are the numbers, 101 million. So I wanted to clarify that. Thank you, doctor. That's very clear. Going back to something you had said a little previously about uh, the wide disparities that your study found within the country in various states, the urban-rural differences. Um, for instance, you pointed out the Northeast has a slightly lower prevalence. Talk to us a little bit about that and also tell us, are there economic factors at play? Yeah, you hit the nail on the head. Uh, we, even in our 2017 uh, paper, uh, we did we had a graph in that figure where we, uh, in that uh, particular paper, where we looked at GDP of the state and the prevalence of diabetes, whether there is any correlation between the GDP of a state and the prevalence. In other words, uh, is it true that richer the state, the more the diabetes you will have? There is no doubt that there is a very strong correlation. Now, are we surprised by that? And are we disappointed? That means as the state gets richer, you pay the price of uh, more diabetes. Well, we are not surprised because what happens when the state gets richer, when people become more affluent, what do they do? First of all, they eat more because until then they are not sure whether they'll get their next meal. Now they have got enough money in their pocket or wallet uh, to get three meals a day. And so they also have extra money. So they'll now start eating from restaurants, fast foods. They'll start ordering in food. They'll start eating in restaurants. And remember, all this adds calories because most of the food that you buy are junk foods, which are very high in calorie, in sugar, in carbohydrate, in oils and fats and even in salt and each one of this has a risk now if you take more of salt your bp will go up and that's why blood pressure rates are very high in this study if you take a lot of sugar carbohydrate and calories not only your weight will go up but your diabetes will also go up because your glycemic load goes up so the story i'm building is that the gdp of the state is strongly correlated with the prevalence of uh, diabetes which also explains the urban rural differences now, no doubt at all that the urban areas are, uh, are wealthier and more affluent than rural areas. Rural areas, people live from hand to mouth because they, they have to work hard and then they are mostly it's agricultural labor. They get paid and then they go and eat and so on. Whereas in uh, urban areas, many people have blue collar jobs and white collar jobs. And so they're, they're working in a company. They have a fixed income and uh, they have holidays. They have 
so many benefits that they have also in urban areas you you now have vehicles which that many people in rural areas may not have if at all a rural area man has the thing he may have a bullock cart or he may have a cycle and so on he's not going to have uh, scooters and cars and so on except if you're rich in in the rural area the common man does not have so in urban areas there are lots of things which promote diabetogenesis as we call it and these things lead to obesity even to go to a grocery store we'll take a cycle we'll take a, a scooter or a car and go we don't walk and go so the habits are are like that second thing is that pollution is so much more in urban areas compared to rural areas where the air is relatively clean and today we know that air pollution particularly this particle 2.5 uh particles pm 2.5 uh, they are linked to diabetes obesity hypertension heart disease even cancers and so on lung disease so that could be yet another factor in in urban urban area so so and if you look at the body mass index obesity uh, rates and the mean bmi body mass index of the urban versus the rural there's a huge difference the mean bmi uh, let's say in a state in an urban area could be 24 whereas if it's 21 or 22 in rural areas and that much is enough to to increase the diabetes rates and that is why in most of the states except one or two and I'll come back to that uh, the urban rates of diabetes and hypertension and so on especially diabetes and obesity is almost double that of the rural so if the rural prevalence is say 6 uh, or 7 the uh, urban uh, the, the rural one is 6 or 7 the urban one will be 12 14 and so on and where it's higher where the uh, rural is say 8 or 10 then the urban becomes uh, 18 20 and so on so that urban rural difference is being maintained although uh, paripasu with the increase in the rates in urban areas rural areas are also going going up 5 uh, years ago if in a state the the rural prevalence was say 4% it'll be 8% now or 10% now but it's not yet caught up with the Uh, urban except in one or two situations for example kerala now in kerala is an exception because there is no true urban rural divide everything is urban there you if you have ever traveled through kerala recently you will find that from one town to another only the board will keep changing it will all look as if it's all part of the same street part of the same uh, town but somewhere one board will change and say ah now we are reach angamali now we are reach something else you know so only the when you see the board you know this is angamali now okay but the the rest of the thing street will look as if it's part of the other town so kerala has become because it's a small state and a highly developed and 100% literacy rate there's no urban rural divide so that is the only state where we found the rural prevalence of diabetes being the same or even higher than the urban areas because they have all the facilities that they have in rural areas and in urban areas at least some consciousness something about health and all has come which in rural areas is a little uh, behind uh, so that is the urban rural divide now coming to the states which have for example one you may ask up had a prevalence of 4.8% whereas goa with goa had almost 26.4% now that's a huge almost six times uh, increase in in prevalence um, now it it is true that if you look at the body mass index of somebody in goa mean Uh, or kerala or puducherry and compare it with the mean body mass index of somebody in up which is a huge state more than 200 million people in uh, in up 
so the body mass index is much uh, lower in up now the fear that we have is that these states which have very high prevalence for example kerala goa puducherry bengal and now tamil nadu catching up the southern states all the five southern states they are all uh, beginning to peak as far as their diabetes rates are concerned some of them across 20% some of them across 25% prevalence of the entire population uh, from age 20 onwards if you see 25% of the population is already having diabetes it cannot go on 25 cannot become 50 and 50 become 80 and 80 become 100% that's not possible because a lot of people without the genes and therefore even though obesity rates are reaching 40 50% diabetes rates are uh, somewhere around 25% or so so they'll peak and somewhere around 25 30% you'll begin to see them plateauing off whereas if you take uh, see for when you say in goa 25% is uh, a diabetic what is the population of goa and what is the population of puducherry as compared to the population of up which is more than 200 uh, million people about 1/6 of india or 1/7th of india is up okay and so in up if 4.8% prevalence now becomes let's say 8% or 9% if it doubles you can imagine the number of million people who will get added on uh, to india's burden and to up's burden in diabetes now you may ask me will it happen of course it will happen because in the states where they have very low prevalence of diabetes they have very high rates of pre diabetes saying and uh, telling us that they are just waiting to convert it only takes a few more years of prosperity few more years of uh, you know all the starvation is going away malnutrition undernutrition is going away slowly is getting replaced by obesity and then as affluence comes in every part of india is going to get affluent so if you are not affluent today in 5 years time india is growing so fast with the gdp uh, growing uh, so fast at 6% 7% definitely uh, we, whole of india is going to get more prosperous and affluent therefore with it will come more food more obesity less physical activity more motorization maybe even more pollution unless we are careful so all the things which can push diabetes is going to come so we are going to see in the states which have very low prevalence now 5 years from now or 10 years from now very high prevalence of diabetes so this study is actually an eye opener telling us that if we don't do anything now it can really lead to a catastrophe because as the number of people with diabetes increases in several Uh, millions of people get added even if one fourth of them develop complications and that's a very conservative estimate let's say 100 million are there now and 20% or 25% of them develop end stage kidney disease we you need 20 million dialysis uh, uh, to be done for patients or you need 20 million transplant to be done uh, that means 20 million people have to give their kidney we are not even getting 10000 or 15000 in a year now where are we talking about 20 million we're never going to get that and then dialysis can you get, do for 20 million people it's going to be very difficult so that is the reason why uh, we have to we can talk later on about what should be done to prevent kidney failure or among the 100 million who already have it but the first point is that we should try to prevent diabetes itself and we know that diabetes can be prevented in those with pre diabetes by just simple lifestyle modification So pre-diabetes doctor is a reversible condition your study has found that 15.3% of indians potentially have it yes so pre-diabetes prevalence rates right now in the country are higher than the diabetes prevalence 
uh, and we have 136 million people compared to with pre-diabetes compared to 101 million with diabetes. Now you can imagine that these 136 million people with pre-diabetes are just waiting. It's like they're sitting on a wall and they just have to fall off onto one side and that's a diabetic side and all of them can potentially get converted into diabetes. Now you may ask, will all the 136 million get converted to diabetes? Maybe not all, but even if half of them get converted, okay, which definitely will happen. That means you're talking about another 60 million getting added. That means this 100 million is going to go to 150, 160, 170 million people. That's, you know, 70 million is like the population of UK or France. And we're talking about one more UK being added with the number of diabetic people. I mean, these are mind-boggling figures if you really think about it. So, on the other side, I said they're sitting on a wall. They can jump to this side and become the diabetic side. They can jump and become normal. Or they can jump to the other side, which is normal. So, you have normal, then you have pre-diabetes and you have diabetes. So, pre-diabetes is neatly sitting between the normal and the diabetic. So, is it a one-way traffic that you should go only to the diabetic side? No. You just now mentioned the word reversal or remission. So, which means pre-diabetes can also become normal. They are not yet fully developed diabetes. That beta cells are not all gone. They are still secreting some insulin. They have some insulin resistance. So, if you reduce these two, that is improve the uh, insulin secretion and reduce the insulin resistance, they can become normal. Now, how do you do that? Now, overweight is one of the common causes. And what we found is that to reverse pre-diabetes, all you need is to lose about 5 to 10 kilograms in weight. If you lose 5 to 10 kilograms in weight, a person with pre-diabetes can become completely normal. And, uh, you know, there is no uh, problem at all. So that is something which uh, uh, can be attempted. And for that, all you need is a healthy diet. Take more vegetables, some fruit, and then cut down on your carbohydrate. It's rice and wheat uh, in the north and south of India uh, and in the east and the west of India, which are responsible for this. If you're able to cut down your... Uh, uh, carbohydrate. We talk about the thali concept or the plate concept. So if you have a a thali, a plate, uh, don't first fill your the thing. What we first do is when you find something, we'll put chapati on the plate and then look for the curry to go with it. Then add more chapati and then more chapati. In the north, we do that. In the south, what do we do? We'll first take rice, rice and sambar, rice and rasam, then rice and curd, and then we'll end with something else. Everything is carbohydrate. And this we'll do for lunch and dinner. In the morning, it will be dosa, idli, puri, whatever. Again, all carbs. So it's carbs, carbs, carbs all the way. And that is one of the drivers of the epidemic. And that's one of the things increasing these numbers. If we cut down on that and say, half my plate, I'll first fill with green leafy vegetables and other non-starchy vegetables. Quarter of that plate, I'll keep for protein. If I'm a, a non-vegetarian, I'll have fish or chicken, white of the egg, uh, and so on. Avoid red meat wherever possible. If I am a vegetarian, I'll struggle a little bit to get protein, but I'll still try to get it from Bengal gram, green gram, black gram, mushroom, rajma, some milk or yogurt or paneer. And there are many way, things which will give you uh, a protein. For a non-vegetarian, it's easier, but for vegetarian also you can get. Then only you come to the carbohydrate. So that carbohydrate can be one chapati or maximum two chapatis and a little bit of rice if you are taking instead of the chapati. And that again, not, uh, you know, ladles and ladles of rice, but just a just little bit of enough rice to go with the other items. If you start eating like that, you'll find that your carbs come down 
your um, calories come down and therefore you lose weight. And if you lose about five kilograms in weight, we have shown that your pre-diabetes can reverse to normal. Of course, you put on weight again, it will come back. That There is no doubt. It's not a magic cure. But still, remission of diabetes or reversal of pre-diabetes is possible by weight loss. Of course, if you add little exercise to it, a little pranayama, breathing, uh, reducing your stress and so on, it is also very helpful. Doctor, speaking about diets specifically, how much would you say that the availability, the easy availability now of ultra-processed food is contributing? Food is today available. My thoughts go back uh, to the 1960s. I have seen some uh, very powerful uh, pictures. I think they were in the Hindu and I used to use them uh, you know, in some of my talks. These pictures are of the ships arriving from the US, PL480 scheme, 1960s. Uh, the ship has come at last from the US. And so India has uh, food, uh, mainly wheat, uh, for two more weeks. So India has great. Everybody celebrate India has got food for two more weeks. Then the next ship has to come to give us food for two more weeks. That is how we lived. Ship from, from ship to ship we lived. Only the ship came, India had food. And this used to often arrive in Chennai uh, airport and uh, Chennai uh, port, harbor. And there, you know, the containers being downloaded uh, with the wheat coming from US. That is how we lived. Then came the Green Revolution, late uh, 60s and early 70s. And that led to, uh, you know, food sufficiency, which later on went to food excess. And we have actually quite a lot of food today. India can even export a bit of food. Now, if you ask me, is it equally distributed in India, equitably distributed? Well, those issues still remain. Let's not get into that. Uh, there are still people who cannot afford to buy that food. But then we have the PDS system where food is being distributed free to people. Now, again, the food that's being distributed is mainly rice uh, here and maybe wheat in the north. And so that again is carbohydrate and which may be one of the drivers of uh, this epidemic. If we are able to give you know, healthy millets instead. Maybe it will be better. We are, we are trying to experiment. Tamil Nadu government, uh, you know, we had some discussions with Dr. Soumya Swaminathan and uh, Dr. Radhakshan. So we are trying to see whether uh, something can be done to improve the PDS by giving healthier grains. Uh, so these are all uh, attempts which should be made. Uh, so by, by, by uh, ensuring that people have enough food but not excess, especially the wrong food. Now, one of the things we have not done and you need to do is to give subsidies to farmers for producing uh, green leafy vegetables and other non-starchy vegetables and fruit. If you make the today fruit and vegetables are too expensive. If they become affordable to the common man, then definitely the consumption will go up. And if their consumption goes up as well as the protein consumption, the vegetable protein, if that goes up, naturally the carbohydrate will go down. And what we have shown through an earlier paper in Indiab, which was published. Uh, Last year, in October 22, we published this major paper after Indiab was completed. Before these numbers of diabetes, we had published some of our diet data. And using mathematical modeling, what we showed was that if 10 to 15 percent of the carbohydrate that India is taking now, we take 60, 65 percent, even 70 percent carbohydrate. If that is reduced by 10 percent, let's say 50, 55 percent of uh, carbohydrate, and then the current protein intake is only about 8 percent to 10 percent. We're able to increase that to about 20%, okay, preferably through vegetable protein. A lot of this increase in diabetes and other NCDs 
can be prevented. Obesity can be prevented. Diabetes can be prevented. Maybe those with pre-diabetes will come back. Of course, always remember that physical activity goes hand in hand. And therefore, encouraging people to have a good 45 minutes walk or maybe also some resistance training with weight training to build up your muscles because that is where the glucose gets burnt. All these are important. So if you do that, simple thing and also some relax, tension, stress, depression, these are all lack of sleep. All these are common uh, psych, uh, you know, lifestyle factors which induce diabetes and your chronobiology goes off. All those also should be looked into. So it's fairly simple. If you just uh, you know, spread this awareness to the common man, we'll be able to make large uh, strides in preventing diabetes. Speaking about awareness, doctor, did your study point to any facts such as a lot of people not knowing that they have diabetes? 50% of people, uh, not only in India, but uh, even across the world, don't know that they have diabetes. For example, uh, so we calculate what is called as the known diabetes is to the newly detected diabetes ratio. And that came out very clearly in, uh, in our study. If you take the southern states, you take Kerala and you take uh, Tamil Nadu and so on. So much of screening is going on uh, by the government itself. In Tamil Nadu, we know we have the Weed, uh, uh, you know, uh, where you go to the houses of uh, people, uh, and then Varum Mun Kapom Titam, where before it comes, we go and uh, you know look at uh, uh, the diseases for prevention. So Tamil Nadu, Kerala, and all, and even to some extent Goa and all, are very active in this, and that is why a lot of the diabetes gets detected, hypertension gets detected, home to home camps. All these are being done by the government itself. When you do that and you're doing blood sugar tests, you'll detect diabetes. So if you calculate the known to unknown ratio of diabetes, it can be 2 is to 1 in, in uh, Tamil Nadu, Kerala. Uh, so for every 2 known, there could be 1 unknown, which means only one third of the people are still waiting to be discovered. Now, if you take some states, uh, especially in rural areas and so on, this known to unknown ratio can be 1 is to 3, which means that for every known person with diabetes, 3 are unknown because they are not doing any screening at all. So that is why this unknown people is even more dangerous because they don't even know they have the condition. How will they take the treatment? So one of the things that we have to do is to have constant and regular screening programs whereby we pick up this diabetes at an early stage. Last question before we sign off, doctor. Yeah. Um, so we talked about a little bit about the disparities in the states. We talked a little bit about the rural-urban divide. Uh, the Indian government under the National Health Mission uh, runs the National Program for Prevention and Control of Non-Communicable Diseases. But given these disparities that the uh, study has uh, thrown up, would you advocate state-specific policies? Obviously, because um, health in India, although the policies come from the center, uh, as we stand now, health is a state subject. For example, what Kerala does, Tamil Nadu need not necessarily follow. There may be some good examples which are uh, taken, but each state follows its own uh, health um, uh, you know, approaches. So they have different policies, different things. We cannot uh, you know, uh, go to West Bengal and say that this is our model, you adopt it. They will have their own way of doing it. Gujarat will have its own, Punjab will have its own. And therefore, it is definitely a state subject. 
Now, the other thing is that in the states where diabetes prevalence is low, but pre-diabetes is high, the focus should be more on prevention because they are going to, they're waiting to, uh, to get diabetes. So if we start a massive awareness program about healthy eating, dieting, walking, uh, you know, and telling them that diabetes can come, take uh, precautions, that will that'll work very well there, where the diabetes burden is not so high. Now, where the diabetes burden is already high, where you're having two is to one known uh, diabetes and everyone is having, we have to do something for those people with diabetes. So we have to offer them generic medicines, often frequent checkup. And that is where I think the, the central government also through the Ayushman Bharat scheme and the 150,000 wellness centers, health and wellness centers that they are setting up, diabetes and hypertension figure very prominently in that as two of the non-chemical. They're also screening for some common cancers like breast cancer, uterus cancer, a few other things. But diabetes and hypertension uh, uh, figure there very prominently. So what they're planning to do is to, uh, you know, try to get everybody in that region, uh, whether it's a village or primary health center or anywhere, to come to that, get uh, health education, and also see that their sugar and BP is checked, and also provide generic medicines, and also follow up and see that they continue to take those medicines. What happens is half of them drop out. They'll say, oh, I'm fine, you know, I what is this diabetes and all, it's nothing. I leave it. And so that's what leads to the complications. So I think, uh, you know, along with the uh, health, education and so on, provision of care is also important. In the case of diabetes, looking at the eyes, kidneys, heart, feet uh, every year is very important. Because just like diabetes is a silent disease, its complications are also silent. Uh, so unless we screen for them, we'll miss them. Then die, you know, only until they become blind or lose their limb or go into kidney failure, we would not have diagnosed. Any of these complications, the early stages they detected, they can be reversed. So that is something which uh, we should aim for. So a lot can be done. The government is also through its, uh, you know, recently they've recoined this uh, national control program for diabetes, hypertension, stroke, cancer, and all that. Uh, they've uh, recoined it as national control program for NCD. So NPNCD, they call it. Uh, so uh, through that program, I think we should be able to find out what should be done at the stage of pre-diabetes, what should be done at the stage of diabetes. And if they have complications, we can't leave them off. Then we'll have to see that foot care or eye care or laser treatment or anything which needs to be done, that also should be offered. So it should be a holistic thing. But each state has to prioritize depending on their financial budget and their current level of NCDs, uh, what uh, is needed. But having said that, 25 years ago, uh, NCDs were the more were the cause of death in 50% of the population only in one state, that was Kerala. In all other states, more than 50% of the death was due to communicable diseases. 25 years later, when the global disease burden study for state specific for India was done, all the states in India are now more than 50% uh, mortality due to NCDs. That means NCDs have increased so much that in every state, it is more than 50%. In some states, uh, the southern states, like 70%, 78% of all deaths are now due to NCDs. And that number is probably increased to 80%. Which means if 80% of people are dying due to these diseases, why we are not spending more on this? Why we are not doing more prevention on this? And why we are not giving more attention to that? In that context, I think the ICMR and DAP study is a great wake-up call. 
and uh, everybody in the country is now talking about this oh ncds have increased 100 million we have to do something about it so i think that is where the icmr and dip study uh, gains a lot of significance and importance last point doctor one thing that seems to be inextricably linked with indians and south asians is abdominal fat what did you find about that in your study oh it is huge so uh, overall uh, in many states it's already crossed 50% especially in women uh, so one in two you take a state and all the women you take in that 50% of them are having abdominal obesity that's not a good thing at all and uh, abdominal obesity is again directly linked to lack of uh, physical activity but more importantly to excess calorie and carbohydrate intake because all that you take as carbs directly goes and gets deposited in your abdominal your mid uh, area in the waist what area. should you be and what should you be ideally doctor so for a woman uh, it should be below uh, 80 cm if you take an inch tape and measure your waist around the umbilical region for a woman it should be less than 80 cm and for a male less than 90 cm these are international who standards 80 to 90 for a woman is already uh, obesity and above 90 is severe obesity for a woman for a man below 90 is normal 90 to 100 is obesity and above 100 is like severe abnormal obesity so we should try to maintain a slim waist and it is possible that if you do if you watch what you eat and have regular uh, you know exercise and uh, generally look after your health you should be able to uh, lower your uh, waist circumference and that has a huge bearing on diabetes hypertension and even on uh, fatty liver disease and many forms of cancers even are linked to that thank you so much for speaking to us today dr mohan thank you zubeda so pleasure talking to you sir in focus will be back soon with analysis of the biggest news issues in the meantime you can find our podcast on spotify apple podcasts stitcher and other platforms just search for in focus by the hindu we'll see you soon